Does your money fund the climate crisis? Your checking account or savings account? Your retirement accounts? Do you know where all of it is exactly? Or how it's being used? Mine was funding the climate crisis, and now it's not. This is Dan, and welcome to Sustainability Guy. First, let it be known that this is not my area of expertise. I am a teacher by trade and by experience, but I consider myself financially literate enough, and I'm doing my best to always learn more. I will tell you how I moved my personal money and what that means for me, but I am not an expert. I don't wear a suit and go to tall buildings and say, buy, sell, buy, sell, and move zeros and ones around in a computer, so numbers get bigger or smaller in different people's accounts. That's not my jam. So here's my disclaimer. I am not an expert. Move your money around as you see fit. I am not responsible for any of your choices. All right, so that's that. I also want it to be known that I do not represent any of the financial institutions I will mention in this episode. But in recent months, I have educated myself enough to know that and then decide to move my money to a place where I know it's not funding the climate crisis. And before we get into it, I want to acknowledge the dire straits that so many Americans are in right now. Evictions, unemployment, losing life savings to pay for medical bills. There are many systems that are broken and must be transformed. That being said, and speaking from the eye, I am grateful for a steady job and that I have some savings, and thinking about where my money is is a privilege. It's something I can think about. So let's start about a year and a half ago. This is the status quo. I had a checking account with Chase, and I had a Roth IRA and an individual investment account with Charles Schwab. Let's start with Chase. Over time, here's what I learned. There's this movement called Stop the Money Pipeline. And to learn more, go to stopthemoneypipeline.com. On their About page, it says, if we can stop the flow of money, we can stop the flow of oil. So that was a kind of a home base for exploring this issue. I eventually found Rainforest Action Network and its Fossil Fuel Finance Report. It's like a report card from 2020. And in creating this report, the Rainforest Action Network has support from other organizations like the Sierra Club and the Indigenous Environmental Network. So I learned that J.P. Morgan Chase, from 2016 to 2019, four years, lent over $268 billion to fossil fuel companies. $268 billion, which is a mind-bogglingly high number. It is the number one lender, number one bank, that lends to fossil fuel companies. Rounding out the top five are Wells Fargo, Citi, Bank of America, and RBC. 
And I thought about whatever I had in my checking account at any point, say $3,000. And Chase was lending my money for fossil fuel projects. I am financing climate destruction. They are using my money to do that. And that's pretty messed up. So to take a couple of specific examples from this report, Chase lent Marathon Oil $690 million in 2017. Another example, they lent ExxonMobil over $2.3 billion in 2019, only in 2019. And there's even more detailed data in there, and you should check out this report card. Okay, so Chase is terrible. Number one lender to fossil fuel companies. So let's talk about Charles Schwab next. My Roth IRA and individual account were robot-managed. Some algorithm, you pick a level of risk, say moderate or aggressive, and then it gets managed by you know robots. But I was pretty sure that some of the investments were dirty or associated with fossil fuels. So I asked a representative from Charles Schwab if I could do anything about it. There's this thing called ESG criteria, which stands for Environmental, Social, and Governance Criteria. Here's the definition from Investopedia.com. Quote, Environmental, social, and governance criteria are a set of standards for a company's operations that socially conscious investors use to screen potential investments. So it's like this checklist for investors. So I asked this person if I could do this, you know, basically make my investments clean. And I actually don't remember the answer I got, but I, I think I sort of got the runaround. The person sort of explained that it was difficult so I dropped it for a while. But looking back now, in August 2020, it was probably, at least partially, my financial illiteracy that led me to feel befuddled and confused by that meeting. I know now that divesting from fossil fuels is far more nuanced. It is a spectrum. On one end, for example, would be owning ExxonMobil stock like literally being part owner and earning dividends from profits when ExxonMobil sells oil. And maybe something in the middle would be owning Coca-Cola stock, the number one plastic polluter in the world, because, for example, their Diet Coke plastic bottles are made of oil, but Coca-Cola itself didn't drill for the oil. So that might be somewhere in the middle. And maybe something on the far end would be owning stock in a utility company that sells electricity and, say, 8% of the electricity they sell is generated by burning natural gas. So the question becomes, how far down must one go before your investments are clean? Does it limit you to only solar and wind companies? It's kind of a funny question to ponder. And again, this is not my area of expertise. This is how I understand everything right now. And perhaps in a few months or something, I might look back at this podcast with embarrassment and think, man, I knew so little, or I explained it so poorly. So I approach this with humility. So about six weeks ago or so, I saw that Charles Schwab, the man, Charles Schwab, the 83-year-old man who is worth $8.3 billion, donated a large sum of money to the Trump campaign. And I can't find the exact article now, but if you Ecosia Charles Schwab Trump, you will find all sorts of stuff about he, the man, donates to the Trump campaign and super PACs and all this stuff. So that was the final push I needed to move my stuff 
away from Charles Schwab. So to recap, my money was not completely clean at Charles Schwab. Some was invested in fossil fuels. My money there was making Charles Schwab the guy whose net worth was $8.3 billion richer, and he was giving money to the current president. So that was all I needed to make the next move. So I learned that both Chase and Charles Schwab were, in their own ways, funding the climate crisis. So I had to do something about it. And after some searching online and poking around, I found Amalgamated Bank. And it's awesome. <laughs> Seriously, search for it and watch one of their promotional videos. Clean investments, lending to businesses owned by women and people of color, not lending to firearm companies. It's amazing. In the video, the money flows like underground from the bank and goes to like a solar paneled wind farm nature area. The graphic design uh, pretty much had me hooked <laughs> from the start. So kudos to whoever created that promotional video. Amalgamated Bank is based in the greater New York City area and it's a certified B Corp bank. And I didn't really know what that meant, so here's a paragraph from Amalgamated Bank's website about B Corps. Quote, certified B Corporations, B Corps, are for-profit companies that use the power of business to build a more inclusive and sustainable economy. They meet the highest verified standards of social and environmental performance, transparency, and accountability. And I just looked at bcorporation.net and looked at the numbers. Currently, there are 3,469 companies in 150 industries in 74 countries. Other B Corps you might know are Patagonia, Ben & Jerry's, and Cabot Creamery. So I liked Amalgamated Bank. So here's what I did. I opened a checking account with Amalgamated Bank, and it was all online, and it was super easy. I canceled my Southwest Airlines Chase credit card, which I had actually done that earlier because I couldn't stand to see an airplane on my credit card, um, so I had canceled that before. I changed my direct deposit from my job to go to the new amalgamated account. I changed auto pay stuff, like bills that drew from my Chase account, my Verizon payment for phone and my optimum payment for internet to draw from the new account. And there were other things that hooked up to my old Chase account, like Venmo and the Metro North train e-ticket app that I changed over to the amalgamated account. Then finally, once I knew everything was set up properly, I waited like a month. I closed my Chase account fully, got a check, and sent the final dollars to the amalgamated bank account. And it felt so good to do that. And I told the person helping me at Chase, politely, of course, why I was closing the account. And it felt good to do that too. And then I spoke to the investments person at Amalgamated and inquired about moving savings and retirement stuff. And he was great. And then I moved all of my Charles Schwab stuff over there. And it was actually easier than I thought. And now I know that all of that retirement stuff or big life purchases, my savings, that that money is also clean. And so that was it. I left both Chase and Charles Schwab, and I went to Amalgamated Bank. And let it be known that inertia is a powerful force. <laughs> An object at rest tends to stay at rest, 
meaning human beings, myself included, are lazy when everything is easy and nothing has to be done. Meaning, um, I learned all of this stuff over time. Chase is lending to fossil fuel companies, Charles Schwab, and trying to figure out ESG, and Charles Schwab, like, the guy. And I didn't do anything for months, months of time. Me, the guy who has a podcast called Sustainable Guy, it's so much easier to not do anything, thinking to myself, oh, all my stuff's in place. Like, I have the Chase app. I know how to digitally deposit checks through the phone. Everything's so easy. I don't want to mess up my auto pay with my internet, so I'll just keep it the same. So I was lazy, and I didn't want to figure any of this out, and I didn't for a while. But it feels good. There are times when I think about it, and I feel good about where the money is now. And I know my net worth is not that much, and a drop in the proverbial bucket when thinking about global wealth. But I am so empowered knowing that my money is not fueling the climate crisis. And I'm proud of that, and frankly, it feels good. And even if my investments make, like my saving stuff, say makes 5% per year instead of 8% per year if they were industry agnostic, I don't care. My time on Earth is transient. If the zeros and the ones in the code make the pixels on the computer show slightly different numbers for the money, I don't care. It reminds me of some comic strip I saw once about materialism. Whoever dies with the most stuff wins. Very cynical. Ha ha. <laughs> so that's my story. I left those two institutions and I went to Amalgamated Bank. And there are lots of places to move your money, not just Amalgamated Bank. You can look at B corporations or local credit unions or other responsible banks or financial institutions. Again, I'm not an expert, but I'm sharing this story here in the hopes that it inspires you to move your money to places that are not funding climate destruction. So make some moves and let me know how it goes.